G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Dr. Michael Youssef with words about the reality of compromise in life. Every single one of us, including your pastor, face the pressure to compromise every single day. Daily, we are introduced to the benefits of compromise. Daily, we are persuaded by the ease and the comfort of compromise. Daily, we are persuaded by the temporary pleasures of compromise. Daily, we are pressed into this alluring and the persistence of others to get into compromise. Am I right? Thanks for joining pastor and author of more than 50 books, Dr. Michael Youssef, for leading the way. Compromise. As Dr. Youssef mentioned, compromise is a daily challenge requiring renewed strength to avoid the temptations and traps of life. Yet, as we'll see, though consequences may not always be immediate, compromise sets things in place to reap consequences later. Up next, three ingredients that lead you to compromise. Listeners, Dr. Michael Youssef teaches from his life-changing series, Treasure That Lasts. One of the great examples of compromise in the Scripture is Aaron the brother of Moses. Whenever Aaron was thrust into a place of leadership, whenever Aaron was uh, thrust into a place of responsibility, his integrity was found wanting. You see it throughout the Scripture, but you're going to see it very clearly today in Exodus 32. His preoccupation with popularity at any price, his preoccupation with going along to get along, overwhelmed his conviction every time. And my beloved friends, this is beyond tragic when it happens in the church of Jesus Christ. Look, as you know, I always shoot straight. Every single one of us, including your pastor, face the pressure to compromise every single day. Daily, we are introduced to the benefits of compromise. Daily, we are persuaded Uh, by the ease and the comfort of compromise. Daily, we are persuaded by the temporary pleasures of compromise. Daily, we are cajoled by the temptation to say yes when we should decisively say no. Daily, we are pressed into this alluring and the persistence of others to get into compromise. Am I right? There are basically three factors that you find right here in this text. Three factors that play a very important role in leading believers into compromise. Three things. First of all, the overwhelming desire to be liked will always lead you to compromise. Secondly, the reliance on your own clever tactics, uh, your own wisdom, and your own strategy will not prevent you from compromising. Thirdly, 
making excuses for the compromise will not absolve us from the consequences of compromise. First factor is that desire, or I should say overwhelming desire, to want to be liked. Now, we all like to be liked. None of us are immune. None of us. But when it becomes an overwhelming desire, then you need to be forewarned. It's stronger in some more than others. But let me stop here and explain something. This is very different from being blessed by God's favor to your faithfulness. It's very different. This is very different. There is a world of difference between God blessing you and brings you blessing your way because of your faithfulness and a deep longing of wanting to be liked regardless of the cost. One of my great heroes is Margaret Thatcher. I personally consider her to be England's, next to Winston Churchill, she was one of England's great prime ministers. Here's what Margaret Thatcher said. If you just set out to be liked, you will be prepared to compromise on anything and any time, and you would achieve nothing. Here in Exodus 32, you're going to find Aaron is responding to a mutiny. It is really a mutiny. It wasn't so much a mutiny against Moses. It was a mutiny against Yahweh. (laughs) It was a mutiny against Yahweh. But Aaron was not the man to stand against this popular culture. Aaron was not the man who would put an end to that mutiny regardless of the cost. Instead, he discovered that he really is prone to compromise. Now, beloved, listen to me. This principle never fails, never fails. Wanting to be liked will lead to compromise. Now, I know kids and high school kids, you understand. Sometimes you want to be with the right crowd and and you you compromise, but you end up finding yourself in the wrong crowd. (laughs) Sometimes you see this desire to be liked in one parent or both parents. For the sake of wanting to be liked by the kids, instead of disciplining them, they go along to get along just to be liked. They said, oh, I don't want to be the bad guys with my kids. And then you end up ruining them. Here's another thing. If you see your spouse, he or she is doing the wrong thing for the sake of wanting to be liked, you keep your mouth shut and say nothing. Both will suffer. Friends who keep quiet when their friends caught in a snare or doing the wrong thing or living in the wrong lifestyle, just to keep the friend, just to want to be liked, say nothing. That friendship is doomed to disaster. So the first thing to watch for is that overwhelming desire to be liked. It will get you every time. Secondly, the reliance on your own clever tactics and strategy will not prevent you from compromise. I'm going to show it to you in the text here. You see, Aaron relied on his strategy and his tactics, and it failed miserably. Can you see it? Verse 2 of Exodus 32. It will show you exactly what I mean. Verse 2. Aaron asked them 
to give up their gold and silver. Cough it up. What is he doing? He is relying on his own wisdom, not God's wisdom. He was relying on his own worldly thinking, not godly thinking. In his clever strategy, if they know it's going to cost them something, they won't do it. said, no, 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 don't worry about it. We don't need that. And so he asked them to give up the gold and the silver and the jewelry and everything that they're wearing. Give it all up. I thought, well, you know, wouldn't they change their mind? I mean, what do you think if it's going to cost them something? What is Aaron doing? Aaron appealed to their materialistic instincts <laughs> instead of the fear of the Lord. Are you with me? Take it from me. Take it from me. The natural mind is willing to spend a fortune for their pleasures and their idols more than anything else. And this what Aaron did not understand. He really didn't. If there is a contest, if there ever a contest between materialism and idolatry, idolatry wins hands down. But then most times they got together. Most times they got together. Poor Aaron. He thought that if he hits them at their pocketbooks, <laughs> they would change their mind about wanting to worship the bull god of Egypt. Remember I told you this when I was talking about all the ten plagues that God brought up against the gods of Egypt? Remember I said to you, of all the gods of Egypt, the frogs and all the other stuff, the Nile, the one that really attracted the Israelites who were there as slaves in Egypt, the one that attracted them the most, the ones that they really accepted and they were practicing, is the worship of Apis, the bull god, the god of strength. That really was Israel's god that they followed in Egypt. Himirat, please. <laughs> Clever human strategy and wisdom sooner or later will backfire. It really will. Every time. <laughs> Beloved, listen to me. When you face temptation, be very careful on relying on human wisdom to defeat it. When you face temptation, be very careful in trying to be clever with the devil. You're no match for him. You will blow it every time. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm going to show you the answer. <laughs> If you try to overcome your weaknesses, whatever they are, and they're all different for different people, if you try to overcome your weaknesses in your own strength, you're setting up yourself for defeat. Am I preaching the truth? Amen. But here's something you must never, 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 never forget. Spiritual battles can only be fought and won by spiritual weapons. Amen. I'm going to repeat it. Spiritual battles can only be fought and won by spiritual weapons. Aaron wrongly thought that they would never part with their material possessions. Aaron did not understand that people by nature are willing to spend their fortune on their pleasures. Aaron did not understand that people by nature are willing to give up what they have to support their addictions or whatever they may be. Aaron did not understand that people by nature are more than willing 
to give up what they have for what they want. So when the people of Israel brought all their gold and their silver and their earrings and, and all the material possessions that within their hands, they brought it in. When they did this, Aaron realized <laughs> that he is now a victim of his own clever techniques. He's taken by his own snare. Now, he is compelled to make the image of the calf, the god Apis of Egypt. And when they saw the golden calf, they were delighted. Look at verse 8. They were delighted. These are your gods, O Israel, that brought you out of Egypt. Now let me stop here and tell you something very important, just to be faithful to the text. The Israelites' intention was not to repudiate Yahweh. It was not intended that way at all. But they wanted to do is to worship Yahweh under the name of Apis. What does that mean? It means that they wanted to worship God on their own terms. They wanted to create a God on their own image. They wanted a God who understands their feelings and desires and their wants and their whims. Just like so many people in our culture today, even those who named the name of Christ. Oh, they believe in God. Oh, they even believe in Jesus. <laughs> but they want a God who does for them what they want. Uh, they want a God in heaven who is just okay with whatever they do. They want a God who will not pour out His wrath, which seems to be coming upon the world sooner than we think, upon the sin of the world. Uh, they want a God who says, baby, whatever you want is all yours. Just uh, It's a genie, basically, they want. It's, uh, they want a God who does not condemn sin. They want a God who does not demand holiness, but makes Him happy all the time. They want a God who does not condemn any immorality, but use His power to make them happy. Have you come across some people like that? I see them all the time. I talk with them all the time. Please, 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 please don't ever forget that this reverting to idolatry or trying to visualize God in any other way other than what, how He revealed Himself happened after Exodus 20. You say, what's big about Exodus 20? See, in Exodus 20, God gave them the Ten Commandments. They already got the commandments. And what does the commandment say? You shall not make a graven image of Yahweh. He said, this is Yahweh who brought you out of Egypt. Oh, but it's so much easier to be in church that says, oh, certain sins, we don't talk about these. It's so much easier to be in a church that says, Oh, you know, the sexual perversion, that was associated with paganism in the Old Testament, but not in modern-day New Testament. Uh, Christians can be involved in that, but they're okay because they're saved. I have a dear friend who came to me with tears. He said, a major evangelical pastor told him this. Oh, sexual drives, they are natural. Cannot be helped as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Oh, compromise, 
It's not really compromise because grace will take care of it. That's what God's grace is there for, right? Deep down in my heart, I'm amazed that many people want to be in a church that proclaims not only God's Word is to be honored, but to be obeyed. I know this is hard in a culture that's filled with compromise. I just know that. I know that. But don't ever forget, don't ever forget that faithfulness to the truth has its own reward. If it's not on this life, it will be in heaven. I read the other day that by the Spanish saying that goes something like this, he who goes with the wolves learn to howl. We're hearing a lot of howling these days. Aaron, like so many compromising Christians, deep down he knew what he's doing was wrong. It's not that he didn't. He knew deep down, I'm going to show it to you from the Word of God, he knew that that golden calf was wrong and he shouldn't have done it. Oh, but he just couldn't help it. (laughs) He couldn't help it because the pressure was just too great. Uh, The coercion was relentless. The uh, attraction was so alluring under the circumstances, it just could not be avoided, right? Couldn't be avoided. Look at verse 21. When Aaron was confronted by Moses, he never denied the wrong. Never. Not one time. He merely explained it away. (laughs) Verses 22 to 24, Aaron gives Moses the rationale for compromise. Beloved, listen to me. Here's the truth. Nobody, nobody can force you to compromise. Nobody can force me to compromise. We choose to compromise. Nobody can force you. Nobody can force me. The first factor that will lead to compromise is the overwhelming desire to be liked. The second factor is the reliance on your own tactics and your own clever strategy will not prevent you from compromising. And the third factor, making excuses will not absolve us from the consequences of compromise. There are some who would say, because Jesus saved us eternally from hell, therefore, it makes really no difference how we live our lives. There are others who rationalize their compromising lifestyle by saying, well, you know, this is just the way God made me. (laughs) These are the circumstances in which God has placed me. I didn't choose to be here. Uh, These are the surroundings that God permitted in my life. Therefore, this is the direction God must be wanting me to go. (laughs) This is precisely Aaron's reaction when he was confronted by Moses. I want you to see it in the Scripture. I said, I don't make the stuff up. It's, it's in the Word of God. If it's not in the Word of God, I don't want to say it. In fact, Aaron's reaction is a classic example of our own tendency toward rationalizing and self-deception. Are you with me? Amen. Look at verse 21. Here's what Moses is saying. Aaron! What did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? (laughs) Verse 22, Aaron's respond. Don't be angry with me, my Lord. You know how these people are prone to evil. (laughs) When all else fails, blame somebody else, right? Take it like a man. (laughs) 
But I want to tell you, the most inexplicable rationalization is in verse 24. I'm going to tell you, every time I read verse 24, I get a chuckle. I really do. I laugh. Not aloud. <laughs> I want you to just look at it. Look at it with me. He said, I took the gold and the silver, I threw it in the fire, and pop came the weasel. <laughs> wow. It's a miracle. And the Bible said he chiseled and he carved and so, but he said, nah, Moses, no, don't be angry with me. Except this is a miracle from God. Isn't that wonderful? I just threw the gold and the silver and the apis came out. The calf came out. If it wasn't sad, it would be funny. Here's a fact. We all manufacturers, we all are manufacturers in a way or another, making good, making trouble, making excuses. This my beloved friends, is a classic response of a guilty person. It's a classic response. A guilty person who will do anything, anything except the one thing that he or she needs to do, and that is confess and repent. Aaron tried to pass the buck. It's class, as, as classic as the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, I mean. Adam said... You gave me this woman. She made me do it. Took it like a man. Eve said, well, you put the serpent in the garden. She made me do it. Pass the buck. And they lost paradise. David, on the other hand, he wept hot tears. And he said, Lord, forgive me. And the Bible said God forgave him. God is more anxious to forgive than we even realize. Don't rationalize with God. Don't rationalize with others. Come to Him. You see, God was not amused by Aaron's excuse, and He really wanted to destroy the entire Israelite community. If it weren't for Moses going on his face and begging God, not only that he interceded on their behalf, he said, okay, take my life, if that helps. God wanted to start a whole new generation with him. He said, no, 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 take me. Keep on persevering with your people. And God spared Israel, but not the 3,000 leaders who led the mutiny to compromise. They were not spared. Consequences should not be taken lightly simply because he does not respond in a week or two, or even a year or two, or maybe even a decade or two. That's the amazing thing about our God. But compromise has its consequences. Let me say that again, because I want you to repeat it the next time. Compromise has its consequences. Can you say it with me? Compromise has its consequences. Dr. Michael Youssef with a pointed reminder that compromise brings consequences. They may not come in days, months, or even years, but consequences are on the way. This is Leading the Way. And so our time together is at an end for today. Do listen again next time, won't you? This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.